And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Breaking news, breaking news. I am not sure that's breaking news music, DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Well, I tell you, Doc Manson at Doc Manson, it's what popped into my head. Because while this is not breaking news, Ember Moon is coming and she will eat your soul. Um, Have you heard? The latest news coming out of Total Nonstop Action. We are going to start this show not only talking about wrestling, but we're going to talk about TNA. Have you heard the news? That's not wrestling. That's TNA. Have you, you can't heard? fool me. I'm going to be watching this week. Because you want to watch the broken uh, Damien Mizdow? <laughs> I want to watch Damien Sandow, and I just learned as we were setting up that Damien Sandow... Spoilers! Eh. It's TNA. I don't care so much about spoilers. And this will uh, air after that um, goes live, so... Oh, that's tonight, too. Yeah. Damien yeah. Sandow will be part of TNA. Is that confirmed? I, I believe so. He has a... I believe... I believe he has a Rolling Stone interview in which he talks about it. Hey, that's cool. So, is TNA a thing again? I don't know if it's a thing again, but it's at least it's going to get me to watch, which is not something. What's uh, the last like major acquisition that they got directly from the WWE? And I know that sounds biased. Why can't it be a major acquisition from an independent? Well, well I don't know if you know I, this, you know. but Bram signed a new two-year deal. Who's Bram? I don't know, but it's a joke that they just tweet that all the time. Uh, I would say the last guy probably is Drew Galloway, and he didn't even come from no right he WWE directly. From... Yeah, right, right. What so... are you eating? What are you eating? Italian ice, cherry flavor, strawberry. Interesting. I'm it's a lemon tasty. fan. I'm a lemon fan myself. I am usually a lemon fan, but citrus uh, is not on the menu. So, man. All right, but yes, Damian Sandow is coming to TNA, uh, so I will be watching, and I will probably continue to watch until Ryback comes to TNA, and then I will stop watching. Ryback is fantastic. You can just stop. I I celebrated this week. You while... you even enjoyed Ryback at WrestleMania. You said he had a fantastic match this year in the pre-show of WrestleMania. He, he can have excellent matches and I appreciate that he saved Kalisto's life at one point. Yes, he but did. I I don't ever need to see him again. Why? The big what guy. The big what's guy wrong? formerly known as Ryback. Oh, what a great name. I'm the big guy formerly Ryback? known as Ryback. Nothing. He's great. He's just really talented and I can't wait to see him show up in other places. He doesn't sound like that at all. I know, but this is just how I'm going to sound when I talk about Ryback. <laughs> Which way did he go, George? Which way did he go? Well, if that's the case, then we can move right along. I don't have to talk about Ryback anymore. So Good, because uh, I don't want to talk about Ryback. Ryback is excellent. You shut your mouth. Uh, it's been an interesting week. 
I feel rather disconnected from you, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson. I just opened our email, ddtwrestling at gmail.com. I've been pulled into uh, books again. I've rediscovered what books were. Uh, I spent some time reading about the hiking the Appalachian Trail. I spent some time reading about Australia. Now I'm reading a book about a hundred objects that changed the world or the history of the world through a hundred objects. I should really learn the titles of these books, I suppose. But, uh, I, I have been, I have been distant from wrestling these last days. I kind of, uh, I kind of was under the impression that you were just ignoring me on Twitter, to be honest. No, I've been ignoring pretty much everybody on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Uh, so catch me up. What is the major thing? What's going on in the mind of Doc Manson? as he spoons strawberry Italian ice into his mouth, uh, besides the fact that candy corn's at the grocery store already. You said I, feel I like we talk about that. I feel like we'd know. We can talk about candy corn all you want. Just not pumpkin. Stop it! <laughs> I don't understand why we can't talk about the deliciousness because I feel pumpkin like, and pumpkin I feel spice. like we literally just stopped talking about it like a week ago, and we're back ago. to do it again. It, well, time flies when you're casting pods. Yeah. Well, I hope I can indulge this year. That's all I can say. Have you seen... I tweeted this at you. Uh, have you seen that they actually have Swedish fish Oreo? Yes, I have seen that. I haven't tried it. Although I did try Fruity Crisp Oreos. What are Fruity Crisp Oreos? They're basically Oreos with Fruity Pebbles in them, but they couldn't call them Fruity Pebbles because they don't own Fruity Pebbles, but that's exactly what they are. And they are delicious. At some point, we should talk about the fact that there's really only four breakfast cereals in the world. They just have all sorts of different names. They're all pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I don't know about that. There's more than four. And at some point, we do need to do an Oreo taste test. When you have recovered enough that it won't kill you, yeah, we, well, you know. we will have to do a an Oreo taste test. Yes, I agree. That's something for me to look forward to. There you go. So what is on your brain? What What has been going on in the world of wrestling? I honestly have been disconnected. I did watch NXT. Uh, I did watch the Cruiserweight Classic. I'm did very excited. Rob? Parts of it. Did you watch SmackDown? No. If I'm being 100% honest, I honestly was reading. I, I watched Raw, and it got to a point where I went, I would rather be reading my book about Australia. And so I that's just, what um, I did. I just want to say this about Raw this week. Raw was terrible. No, you know, I mean, terrible's not descriptive enough. Um, the sin that Raw made this week was it was boring. Rob was boring. Like, nothing happened. Nothing interesting happened, and nothing engaging happened. Can you name something that happened on Raw this week that was interesting or engaging? I'm not sure that I can. Um, Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens are a team. Yep. Uh, Jericho was the best part of the show. That was the opening segment. Agreed. While we're on the subject... I want to ask you this question. Do you think that Enzo and Cass are running the risk of becoming oversaturated? Mm, I mean, eventually, yes. But all popular wrestling talent eventually becomes oversaturated. I can't think of one where that did not happen. You're probably right. But just they opened 
the show for the second week in a row with them. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that hey, I was I'd ho- rather they do that than start the show with Stephanie McMahon. I understand that, but it's basically, it's same problem with different symptoms that just so happen to be good in this sense. The whole idea is you should start the show differently. Like, each week, you never know who's going to come out. Like, Monday's going to happen, and I'm fairly certain Enzo and Cass are going to come out because it's what's happened for the past two weeks. I mean, you're not wrong about that, but at the same time, as long as it's good, I don't have a big problem with it, at least not yet. Um, I I can't say how I'll feel after the sixth time I really do it, but... I enjoy Enzo. I do think he is a world-class microphone talent. Um, I enjoy Colin Cassidy for the role he plays with it, but I wonder if that is going to get old fast. So eh, maybe, I mean, maybe I'm maybe, maybe I'm maybe. overreacting. Maybe I'm worrying for no reason. But all uh, I can say is it's been entertaining. They keep putting novel people sort of up against them, and it's been entertaining and engaging. So yeah, I will say- it's a shtick. Don't get me wrong. Just like the new day, it's it's going to wear out its welcome eventually. Yes. But that would be a, that's moment, a great that's a great comparison because you know, you are a little you liked we you liked New Day when they started and now you're less enthused and I I just I don't want them to wear out their welcome too fast. Though I will say to their credit, they are making this tag team match seem like an awfully big deal. You know, I was worried that people were going to be like, oh, what are they doing with Kevin Owens? He's not doing anything. They're making this tag match seem like an awfully big deal, so I will give them that. True, true. Um, so outside of that opening segment, Enzo and Cass, I can't believe it's less than 10 minutes into this podcast, and we were seriously talking about wrestling at this point. What happened to us, DC? What I did show prep. Us? I did show prep. Usually right. I don't. Usually I just, you know... We talk My, about whatever we start talking about, but... But, as, I mean, as long as we're, we're... I know we're not really far into the show, but you know, I'm just going to get right into it. I had some serious problems with Raw, even just from, like, a storytelling standpoint. Storytelling, as you know, is what I hold dear, right? So there's at least two instances of things that just didn't make any sense at all happening on that show this week. Let me... Hold on. I'm I'm not even going to I'm just going to put down cuz I have some things written down. I've written, I think I know what one of them's going to be. So go ahead. No, no, no. You tell me. What was no, what was one of them? You tell me. I think you're going to have an issue with Seth Rollins' promo. Yes, I am. More so Balor's promo. But yes. Was that the other one or are they one and the same to you? Since it's the same it's one story. It's the same issue. Okay. And the second one, I don't know. I wrote down that I thought it was weird that uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson are wearing lab coats, and all of a sudden they went from being these destructive forces to jokey joke, but that doesn't necessarily... I doubt that's what your second issue. My second issue has to do with Sasha Banks. Okay, well, which one do you want to start with? And I mean, and to a lesser extent, my third issue has to do with Rusev. You're not allowed to have. You're not allowed my to have. My fourth three issue, issues. to a lesser extent, has to do with Cesaro. But honestly, those are lesser qualms. My issue. Let's start with. Uh, let's start with Seth 
Rollins and Finn Balor. So, we're to believe that Seth Rollins is going out in front of this live audience and speaking his mind, right? We're to believe that he's cutting a promo about his upcoming match with Finn Balor and expressing whatever it is that he has on his mind about Finn Balor. And mind you, this is live in front of a live audience, so he's whatever he has to say should be news to everyone in the wrestling world, right? Would you agree with that thus far, DC? Yes. Took me I mean, a minute to try to, to know, process it all, but kayfabe-wise, yes. he's going out there and speaking his mind, and nobody knows what's on his mind other than Seth Rollins. So he goes out there this week, and he starts talking about Finn Balor, and he starts talking about his history, and then he starts talking about the guy's name, and he starts talking about the meaning of his name, pulling that out of nowhere, Demon King, as though this is common knowledge, and he's a well-respected numerologist, and he happens to know all about the entomology of names. That's what he does. I, I have a hobby. I like to read books about the origins of names. That's what I do. Okay? First of all, I don't believe for a second that that is a topic that Seth Rollins would bring up on his own. But you know what? Hey, fine. I'll give it to him. Maybe he's really, really well-read. Maybe that's a passion of his. I'm fine with that. I can get past it. The thing that I have much more difficulty getting past is that later in the show, I mean, this we're talking an hour, less than, and then we cut to backstage to what I believe is a pre-recorded promo by Finn Balor. And maybe it's not pre-recorded, right? Maybe it's not, except that doesn't make any sense for reasons I'll talk about in a moment. But let's say, let's say it's not pre-recorded. He's backstage, and Finn Balor is sitting here on this throne that we've never seen before. And there just happens to be smoke and fog, and he's got this big, huge, long story with animations talking about the history of his name. And, and... And what uh, what the the mythology of Ireland is, as as though he has this perfectly presented rebuttal to Seth Rollins' comments from earlier in the show. How in the world did he produce animated segments and produce a segment that polished with? I mean, was there just a smoke machine back? He just grabbed the guy and said, "Hey, you! I've got a throne over here. I want you to pump some smoke into this room." And uh, where's where's production? I want production over here. I need an animator. I need at least two or three of these mythological things printed up right now. Get them live, like in forty-five minutes to get all of this together. To what, I mean, how is how did he know Seth Rollins was going to talk about that? That doesn't make any sense. And the fact that it is animated, the fact that it does have production value to it, means it wasn't live, it was pre-recorded, which means he talked about this stuff on tape before Seth Rollins even brought it up. What a coincidence that both of these guys decided that tonight we were going to talk about the meaning of his name, the Demon King. These both have a passion for this, and they've never even hinted at it before. But both of them are going to bring it up on the same night. Makes perfect, perfect sense. No problems there. That bothered me, DC. That bothered me. Really? Yeah. Couldn't tell. I mean, am I way off base here? Is that re- not just the most ridiculous thing in the world when you look at it and through that prism? I, I, 
I get the prism. It makes total sense to me. Is there... But here's the thing. I understand that there's a suspension of disbelief. I get that. But when you logically... When you rationally think about the timeline and the story that they're telling, there really is no other prism to look at this through. Is there? You're talking about a broader thing here. Not necessarily just the timing of that particular pair of promos. You're talking about the timing of Finn Balor. They're trying to squeeze two to three months worth of exposition into a three to four week time frame. That's an excellent point. Yes, they are exactly... Because they're, they're just and, dumping and exposition. This, yeah. is, this is the issue I had, and this is why I had said Finn Balor should come up not being thrust into the main event picture because the problem with NXT that I found, and I listened to part of NAI Pod. I was able to get out of my books enough uh, to listen to that this afternoon, just a couple hours ago, and they were talking about Finn Balor, and they were talking about how... Um, they understood and I dare say appreciated the fact that all of this was not explained in NXT. They saved it for the main roster. And I understand some of the rationale for that, but here's the problem. We still don't know who Finn Balor is. Or, perhaps, we don't know who Fergal Devitt is. We know he's a guy He's a good NXT. wrestling dude. That's He's it. a good wrestler, and he wears a jacket. Yep. And, oddly enough, instead of saying arse, he says the actual anglicized version of that word. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, there's nothing that we know about the man. And now, all of a sudden, he's talking about the monster. This has been that the he... problem with Finn Balor from the beginning in NXT. It's why I felt completely disconnected from him, and I and I, I just I just stand there watching the show, and I just feel like I'm missing something. Everybody's raving about Finn Balor and how awesome it, but like I'm missing something, and this is what I'm missing. Well, I don't and, and, know who Finn Balor is. And again, this is becoming an even broader topic, and one I actually wrote down. Um, the gimmicks in NXT, by and large, are terrible. And I love NXT. I like NXT a lot. But answer me this question, if you please. Sure. Who is the most successful, in terms of story, NXT graduate? Graduate? So this has to be somebody who made it to the main roster. Yes. Uh, It's Kevin Owens. Yes. Why? Because I know exactly who Kevin Owens is. Why? Because they did a really good job of explaining who he was at that very first night on Raw? Would they have been able to do that if Sami Zayn was not in the picture? Take yes. Sami Zayn out, yeah. no, out no, of yes. NXT, out of WWE. Well, I don't know if we would be in the same position as we are with Kevin Owens if he didn't have Sami Zayn to foil off of in NXT. And I think however, is- however, I know that's your point, but I want to make this point. Kevin Owens made himself on the main roster against John Cena. Sami Zayn had nothing to do with it. Fair. I'll grant you that. But I'm, you know, 
we look at all of these guys who come up from NXT. Your Tyler Breeze. Now, granted, Tyler Breeze Terrible was gimmick. A... Neville. Terrible gimmick. We'll forget Evan, Adam Rose because he's not even on the roster now. Who? Exactly. Yeah, but that, also a terrible gimmick. Yes. Um, you know, you have your Shield guys, which is even kind of before NXT became what we now consider NXT. Yeah. And you know, and but they were they were the Shield for I don't even know because I wasn't watching at the time. How long were they the Shield? A year, a year and a half, two years before they, they were, broke they were up. The shield for a while. You know, they had a chance to tell their story in relatively quote unquote minor ways before they actually needed to be seen as individual athletes. Now you take Finn Balor, who you and I agree, his NXT run, not great. Fine wrestler. Fine wrestler, but I don't understand the face paint. I don't, you know, there's no noticeable difference between him when he becomes uh, consumed you know, he's kind of like the Enchantress, and yes, I did see Suicide Squad, we can talk about that at some point, when he summons his own version of the Enchantress from within. Let let me guess. It's not to derail you, but let me guess that you are going to be a Suicide Squad apologist. Uh, I don't know that I will be an apologist, but I enjoyed the movie more than I thought I would. And again, we'll talk about about that at a later point. Um, but I don't know why he puts the paint on. And, you know, and so all of a sudden, and again, he showed up three they weeks ago. They have never even tried to explain that to us. Yes. So going, so going back to your issues, they're trying to squeeze it in. We have to understand. And I, I applaud WWE for at least taking the time to try to explain why this guy is going to show up with face paint. Because he's going to be channeling the Irish Demon King or what have you. Um, the timing of the promos was odd. You would have you would have imagined that the Balor promo would have at least happened first. Had the Balor promo been the one that happened at nine o'clock, and had Seth Rollins come out at ten o'clock and then talked about it, would you feel differently? Um. Yes, that would clear up a lot of my time sequence. Issues, which was the symptom that led us to this other greater problem. Yes, absolutely. But yes, just a simple thing like that would make that entire sequence more... I mean, when you see a movie like The Suicide Squad, maybe we'll talk about this more later, you say you enjoyed it, but you read most of the reviews, and what people say is it feels like it's a chopped-up movie. It feels like they, they, they inserted more things. See, there was reshoots. They inserted more humor. They, they have these very different tones throughout these different scenes. Things are just chopped up, out of place. They've reworked things. When a movie is like that, you can usually tell that things are not in the original order. You know what I mean? And that's exactly what Roth felt like for me through that storyline. It just felt like things were not in order. They were out of place. It just it didn't make any sort of sense from a progression of narrative mm-hmm. standpoint. So it felt like they edited it, chopped it up, and this is what came out the other side of it, and it just felt like garbage. I wasn't going to talk about this. I wrote it down and then crossed it out, but let me just say, do you think any of this had to do with the fact that Vince McMahon was not there? What do you mean? 
Vince McMahon, reports that I'm reading, suggested he has not been at TV the last few weeks. He's been calling in, he's been trying to micromanage from afar, but do you think this is, you know, would having Vince there and a more formal organizational structure backstage, would that have helped? Because, you know, it seems like this was a, you know, just kind of not necessarily oversight on that their part, but a simple flaw in timing. Because I do think if Balor had come out even to open the show, replacing Enzo and Cass, and saying, you know, you want to know about me, and talking to the people, let me tell you about me, and then he comes, Seth Rollins comes out, and even then, you know, I thought it was real strange when Seth Rollins mentioned that, well, you know, Finn Balor's not even his real name. Okay, Colby. All yeah. right. Right. Okay, Tyler um, Rex. Or Black? What was his name? Tyler Black. Tyler yeah. Rex was a different guy. That was that <laughs> was a much different guy. All of a sudden, I was like, wait, was Seth Rollins Tyler Rex? I missed no, it? No, he wasn't. As soon as I said it, I knew it was wrong. Tyler uh, Rex had, like, the dreadlocks. Yes, he, he did. Yes, he yes. did. A completely different fellow. But yes. Um, good pull, though. But, you know, all of a sudden, then Seth Rollins, that, that would have made sense. Seth Rollins would have been like, wow, Finn Balor just talked to us all about, you know, ooh, the Demon yeah. King, because he's Finn Balor, and it means Demon King. I right. bet you wouldn't, you know, and, and if they wanted to do that kind of breaking the fourth wall, which I'm sure as a storyline fan you weren't wild about, it would have made sense at least then for him to do it. You know Finn Balor's not his real name. What is he talking about? The Demon King, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would not have had a problem with them breaking the fourth wall in that manner because even though I, I put a lot of faith, a lot of enjoyment into the storylines, I am of the opinion that the only true storylines are the meta-narratives. So the performers themselves are the narrative to some degree, okay. you know what I mean? And the characters they play are simply characters. They've acknowledged that by the fact that they call themselves sports entertainment. They have, they have set this expectation that these are actors playing characters within the fiction, even. So I'm largely okay with that, All actually. Right. Um, but yeah, um, unless you have anything more to say, I'd like to talk about Sasha Banks. I didn't have anything written down, so I'm going to go ahead and once more, uh, I don't even need to wind you up, so you just go. So if I am to believe what I saw on my television this Monday night. Do you I'm write wrong. these things down, or does this come... Because you have... You obviously have, you know, forgive me for the cliche, but the soul of the poet. If you're going to really start without... Off the top of your head, if I were led to believe, I, you know... <laughs> no, just, I, no, sorry, I didn't write this down. Did not write this down. All right, go ahead. If I'm to be led to believe that what we saw on Monday night is true, then Sasha Banks is a freaking idiot... She went to the general manager of Raw. Or is it commissioner? No, general manager. No, Mick general Foley. manager. Stephanie's the commissioner. Right. Went to Mick Foley and says to Mick Foley, Hey, Dana Brooke is always getting involved in our matches. So, at SummerSlam, I want you to make this a handicapped match. What? Yeah. Are you an idiot, Sasha? Why would you go to the general manager 
And the demand that you make is, I want a handicapped match. So, in her own words, so I can keep my eyes on Dana. Why wouldn't you ask for her to be barred from ringside? Why wouldn't you ask for, um, I don't know, the belt to change hands on disqualification? Why, why, would, you, why would you ask for the one situation that basically makes it so that she's allowed to interfere in your ma- And furthermore, furthermore, what happens after that? Mick Foley says, well, okay, here's what I'm going to do, Sasha. I'm going to make a match tonight. Sasha Banks versus Dana Brooke. And Sasha, if you win, Dana will be banned from ringside. The smart thing that Sasha should have asked for to begin with, but instead she sounded like an idiot. And if you lose, if Dana wins, then you get your handicapped match. So Mick Foley just set up a stipulation on this match that no matter if Sasha Banks wins or loses... She gets exactly what she wants. If she wins, Dana gets banned from ringside, which is extra good. But if Sasha Banks loses, she gets a handicap match at SummerSlam, which is the thing that she asked for. Because she's an idiot. Do you want to take a walk or, like... Go ask Mrs. Manson for a hug or something. Can we bring Oscar Yes in here to snuggle you? Because it, I, I, what scares me, it's not necessarily the rage. It's how quickly you... You are the Demon King. You are Finn Balor. You all of a sudden, you channel it. Your face changes <laughs> colors. At one point, you grabbed a chainsaw and waved it over your head. Yeah. Wow. Um, but do you see my point? Like. Yes. Sh- I mean, I she did. made herself out to sound like a... Like, I don't really mean that. Sasha Banks is a great champion. I like her character for the most part. I, I like her as a wrestler. But, like, if I am to really invest myself into the story that they told on Monday, there is no explanation other than, A, she's an idiot. And then, beyond that, where's the suspense in this storyline? You set up now this match where no matter if Sasha wins or loses, technically she gets exactly what she wants. What kind of storytelling is that? Just tweeted out, DDT Wrestling is recording, and Doc Manson just called Sasha Banks an idiot. <laughs> well, that should uh, drum us up some listeners. <laughs> there you go, see? Um, it didn't make any sense, and again, it comes back to that... Can I, I ask don't... you a question? Did you notice any of this before I mention it? Am I the only person no, I did thinks about that. this? I noticed it, and it seemed strange it seemed like once again we've seen in the last few weeks even going before the the new era, the new era i'm going back to when all of the guys were standing on the ladders we have seen that some of these talents are being given freer reign it feels like they are not being given a script they are being given here are your bullet points let's you know let's go ahead and get this done and it feels like in this instance that Sasha was kind of on her own and just, you know, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know why you wouldn't, you know, why would you not say I want her barred from ringside? Why would you not say, you know, 
Um, Do you think but, it's just as simple as she saw a script for this segment? She knew that McFoley was supposed to put up the penalty of a handicap match. She had that in the back of her mind. But and maybe she knew she, the thing that she it could wanted be. was it could be. be barred for... Maybe she just misspoke? It could be, and they wait, went with it because Foley's... A yeah. fairly I mean, decent and it's improviser. Live, so you just yeah. have to go. And with he's it. a fairly he's a fairly decent improviser, and you know he just went with it. But you know that yeah. would make sense to me. I don't know. I miss the days having watched a lot of old stuff on the. Why couldn't we put her in a cage like ten feet above the ground? You know, because that's what they used to do in the '80s in the NWA. You know, when Jim Cornette or Paulie Dangerously was, you know, causing trouble, you'd put him in a cage, you'd hang him from the rafters. Essentially, he'd be like twenty, twenty-five feet in the air, and that way you didn't have to worry about them interfering. Why can't we have a Dana in a cage match? Which sounds awkward, but it's you know, Owen Hart. Well, yeah, that's true. That's why you can't. You could put her in a cage on the ground. That probably would be safer. You know, here we go. Here's a cage on the ramp. Dana gets locked in there, and, you know... Well, why couldn't you just have Charlotte versus Sasha in a steel cage? That's a great question. That would I definitely mean, I know, make that match more exciting. Right. I mean, I know interference in steel cage matches happen all the time, but at least the steel cage, traditionally, the reason why you do that... Oh, yeah, it's a grudge match, blow-off type thing, but also because it limits outside discrimi- uh, in- outside interference. At least it's supposed to, right? Yes. I don't know. It seems, again, part of me is thinking, when Vince is away, it's a little looser backstage, and it it caused issues like a little bit of a misstep in timing, or Sasha misspeaking, and I don't, you know, maybe... I mean, in all fairness, now that I've thought about that, if Sasha did misspeak, I mean... Whatever, she's a performer, man. You know, it, it can or we're to supposed anybody. to, or we're supposed to believe that she is so confident because she is the boss. She is so confident that she is willing to take both of them on at the same time, despite the fact that it's a really dumb idea. Right. So, I mean, that's fine, but then it just doesn't make me have any faith in her as an intelligent character, which isn't a good look for the face of your division. I think I noticed it. I chose not to make as much of a deal about it as you have. But you you made your point very eloquently, and I can't wait for the hate to come in. Yeah. Um, is there anything else about Raw that you want to talk about? Yeah. Let's talk about Rusev. I thought you said we weren't going to go through all four of your qualms. Well, I just realized that there's more things to talk about with Rusev than just qualms. Um, I thought that segment, the wedding thing, was garbage from top to bottom. I didn't see it, and the only thing I'm sad I missed is that Rusev threw cake. And I will watch a video. I will watch an hour-long video of Rusev throwing things. The one thing I will say about that segment that was positive, this is my first piece of positivity outside of Jericho um, from that show, Roman Reigns was very different on the microphone through most of that segment. Explain. Um, he was he was still jokey. Um, he was still doing his little smirky smirk thing that he's been doing that we don't like. Except... When he did it here, he was relaxed while doing it, and it actually came off 
well. Like, he was... He was effective as that character. It was like he went out there and he said... There was, it was like there was a part of his brain that said, I'm banished to the mid-card, this is a punishment, I don't care. I'm just going to go out there and do my thing, and whatever happens, happens. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. This doesn't matter. I think the internal thought process was, okay, I'm not the be-all, end-all anymore. The pressure's off. Now I can go do my thing. And maybe that's it. Because he had moments when he was the heir apparent and, you know, he was being, quote unquote, shoved down everyone's throats. He had moments where he was great and he had a lot of times where he seemed like he was trying to say exactly what he was supposed to say and make everybody happy. Now, he's just like, "I'm, I'm not... I'm not going to be one of the top. I'm, you know, if you if we had to rank, now the he's matches, just not. He's not the guy. Now he's, he's just a guy. A guy. And I can I tell you, I enjoy a guy a whole lot more. Yeah, me too. Uh, he would, like I said, he would actually had a decent performance of that match. Good. I would, I would watch. It wasn't a match that segment, uh, but I would watch that Roman Reigns. Yeah, I I think that's good. Um, he was relaxed. What I don't understand. <laughs> Check your Twitter. What I don't understand is the whole thing that happened at the end. And again, I didn't watch it. And, you know, I, I should probably try to do that. But why all of a sudden Cesaro, Rusev shows up and then Cesaro shows up and then we have a random Cesaro versus Rusev match, which I'm going to go back and watch because it's Cesaro versus Rusev. I mean- they did explain it a little bit. Um, they were talking about the Universal title, Mick Foley and Daniel Bryan. And sure. Rusev came out and said, you don't need another champion. You already have a champion on Raw. I am your champion. And then Cesaro came out, and it was basically like, yeah, you know, after last week beating Sheamus and beating him again this week, Mick Foley, you said that I would have a championship opportunity. And, well, there's only one champion on Raw right now, so are you a man of your word or not? Okay. And so they kind of set it up. But now, at the but same time, what the heck are they doing with Cesaro? That was my fourth rant. So I might as well just say it briefly. It's not really a rant like the other two were rants. It's just... So we've invested into Cesaro two weeks in a row. He beat Sheamus twice in a row for reasons. And then you culminate that with a second match in the same night where he just plain up straight loses to Rusev? Like, what, what, are, you doing with, what are you doing with Cesaro? Well, that's not I, much since, of a rant, but it's just what what are you doing? I'm presuming Cesaro that Sheamus was still part of it. Did he was he there at the Let end? Me, yes, I yes he was. I know he was. Okay, I don't. Remember. I, was tr- I was trying to act like I didn't read the results, but I totally read the results. What happened at the end? Uh, he distracts Cesaro, and I think Rusev wins. I don't remember the the exact thing. But I think you know, he comes oh, in. Actually, you know what? I didn't watch the match. No. I saw what they were doing. I, I they started the match and I went to bed. I turned off Raw. That was the last of what I saw. I didn't see the end. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming we're going to get Cesaro versus Sheamus at SummerSlam. Though A that this card is so stacked, I don't know where it's going to fit. And I know it's a four-hour show, but right now, let me look really fast. 
Uh, I Summer know where Slam- it fits on the pre-show. The pre-show itself is even filled. All right, right now there are nine matches already booked. So maybe you squeeze one more in. Maybe. Um, but then you have a pre-show, which is probably going to be uh, Baron Corbin versus Kalisto. That seems to be happening. Um, yep. Maybe Cesar. I thought there was something. Oh, we're probably going to get Titus O'Neil versus Darren Young again. You know, I have a little problem. I wasn't going to mention it because it's not that big of a deal. But all of a sudden, we have all of this, you know, Bob Backlund trying to make Darren Young great again, and Darren Young cheats, and Bob Backlund's miraculously okay with it? Well, like, Bob, Backlund Bob Backlund didn't Backlund... see it. Oh, is that, is that Bob it? Bob Backlund's back was turned. Is that yeah. what they're doing? Yes. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, but yeah. So I suppose, you know, they could have three matches on the pre-show, and that could be one of them. Um, and while we're here, let's kind of switch over to SmackDown as I turn the page of the things I want to talk about. Hold on, hold on. So this page is not yet. Finished. If we're going to talk about SmackDown, let me, let, me just have, let me just say the first thing about SmackDown. Ah. Ah. That's how I felt about SmackDown compared to Raw. I think SmackDown's been the better show in the last two weeks. I would say that it has been the better show since the brand split. I know that the first week Raw had a flashier show. It was definitely Mm -hmm. more exciting. But SmackDown, in my opinion, has actually been building a roster. I agree. They've actually been taking the approach... And they're slowly building into things that are logical and make sense. And I appreciate it. But don't you think, and this is where I was going to go with this, are we really not going to have either a tag team title or a women's title heading into SummerSlam from the SmackDown brand? And I I guess we, you know... I don't know what the matches are at this point. But after SmackDown this week, it sure looks like they're setting up a, a four-way tag match, doesn't it? All the, the entire tag division came out to watch American Alpha squash some jobbers. So it, it sort of seems like they're building up for a match yes, that could have but titles I, on But I think they're going to wait until Backlash. Which, granted, you're not waiting super long. But right now, SummerSlam, Lesnar Orton, Balor Rollins, Ambrose Ziggler... Sasha Charlotte, Cena Styles, Miz versus Apollo Cruz, Rusev versus Roman Reigns, New Day versus Gallows and Anderson, and Jericho versus Enzo and Cass. There are the nine matches. Yeah. So I have to believe they're going to throw a second women's match in, in whatever form or fashion that chooses to be. Um, but, you know. Are we going to see Natalia versus Becky Lynch again? Are we going to see Carmella versus Natalia and Becky Lynch versus Eva Marie? Do you think, again, since we're on the subject here? I don't feel like Becky and Natalia are done yet. So, once again, I sort of feel like they're building to a fatal four way with Becky, Natalia, Carmella, and. I think we're either going to see. I think we're either going to see a six woman tag. That's possible. Because we still haven't seen Naomi. Well, we saw her week one. Has she wrestled? No. 
No, she has not. Has she even had a almost match like Eva Marie has? No. She, she, she literally spoke. just showed she up. She spoke on that first week. Yeah. Yes, and we haven't seen her since. No, we have not. Um, it's for the it, best. So I think it's, a, it's either going to be a six-woman tag, or it's going to be some sort of odd six-woman battle royal. Um, let's go to the emails right now, because two of our four emails have to do with this subject matter. I'm referring to Glenn's and the other guys. Uh, Chris? I actually don't mind Chris based on the subject in this one. I think he knows that I mean business. But is that the other email I'm supposed to read right now? Yes, Chris and Glenn. Okay. Uh, let's start with Chris. Subject line. Doc Mansum is awesome. And DC's okay, I guess. Alright, Seahawk. How uncomfortable would DC have been if Eva Marie accidentally flashed the crowd. DC, a little bit of background here. What happened with Eva Marie on SmackDown? Do you know? You said you didn't watch. I, I believe the term I saw was wardrobe malfunction. Yes. Um, a planned wardrobe malfunction. Because there's no way... I, right. Um, so, yeah, her top came undone. And so she was off camera. And when it went back to her... She would just had her hands over her chest region, and over her hands was, you know, the um, the straps to her top. And she looked flustered. The ref went over and said, she can't wrestle. There's been a wardrobe malfunction. She can't wrestle. And I was just saying, well, why couldn't she just tie her top back together like usual? But, you know, whatever. I'll give it to him. Eva Marie, um, you know, doing as she does to get out of yet another match. And, and you know, I saw the... This is strange to some degree. I, I saw some people on Twitter putting her on blast, um, you know, basically saying, oh, like complaining that a woman would, of course they would have a woman heel, have a wardrobe malfunction and use that as, as a device. Of course they would. That's so sexist. I don't know. I don't think I really agree with that. I, I actually think that it's rather clever and Eva Marie is showing that she's using her wiles to get out of this any way that she can. You know what I mean? It's genius. I, I don't, correct. It's genius. It's, it's actually genius. Uh, my apologies. Looks like you just got what we had. Yeah. My apologies if uh, this podcast ends early, but there was a thunderclap that was quite close. It was directly overhead here when we first got home this evening. And it was torrential. So good luck. We've had some. We've had some rain. I'm putting my phone up in case uh, there's an issue. The thunder and lightning but, was off the was off the chain. It really was. It was ridiculous. Haven't yeah. had a storm like that in a while. Uh, but I I I think it's genius. I think they are doing exactly what you should do. And I know, you know, uh, I that a lot have, of people. Yeah. A lot of people don't like it. Uh, including Jason Maltov, who is one of the people I respect his opinion more than a good number of people in the world. But I got to tell you, this is exactly what it's supposed to be. She is the. I still an- have a problem. I, okay. The problem I have, the problem that I have, is simply that I don't believe that we're going to get the wrestling payoff at the end of this that we deserve. But at the same time, everything they're doing is excellent. Yeah, and. I don't know necessarily that I think we deserve anything. You know, again, as long as she is relatively adequate, I think we'll be fine. Um, And I think she will be relatively adequate. How awesome would it be 
if she was like the second coming of Trish Stratus, like fully trained up. She just gets in there and she's just ridiculous in the ring. How awesome would that be? See, I never found Trish Stratus to be that fantastic of a wrestler. She got way better, which I think people gave her credit for. But I don't think she was amazing. Uh, But I, I think she is going to be just fine and I think this can continue where you know it in and a six woman match would be the best way for her to do it she comes in when Becky Lynch is hurt she does a couple of bits of offense and then tags out again it's kind of exactly what she did at the Wrestlemania in that 10 woman match is the same kind of thing you know it's working it is getting a reaction and even if you hate it that's fine, because the one day where she gets her comeuppance, just like The Miz, the one day where Eva Marie finally gets her booty kicked by Becky Lynch or Natalia or everybody, people are going to love it. Speaking of The Miz, that dude is incredible. Yes, he is. I, I know you didn't see SmackDown this week, but there was just this backstage segment where he was being introduced... I'm sorry, interviewed by Renee Young, and they're just talking at the table in the back there like it's the pre-show or something. And then, you know, the camera goes a little wider, and who's across the table but Maurice, and they're talking back and forth, and then the camera cuts away, and when it cuts back a little bit wider, it's just the two of them laying on the table like Adonis's, and it's just them just like staring into each other's eyes just sprawled out on this table with Renee Young still just sitting in her chair like centered between the two of them and it's just like oh man he is so good at making you hate him it is redonkulous I would like to live in a world I tweeted this out but I would like to live in a world where the Miz is our Intercontinental Champion Eva Marie is our SmackDown Women's Champion. Tyler Breeze and Fandango are our SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Let's not get crazy. And a heel Dolph Ziggler is our SmackDown Champion. And I'd love it even more if they were all one big group of people who just, you know, preened and primped and celebrated themselves... You could see that, couldn't you? It would be fantastic. It would be everything that Daniel Bryan as commissioner or GM would hate. And you could see yeah. him actively working to try to stop it. I did think it was strange this week um, that Shane McMahon is hanging in there. He's always like a little puppy dog on the heels of Daniel Bryan. They really give Daniel Bryan most of the, the, the dialogue. They really do put an emphasis on him, but Shane McMahon follows him around everywhere. Even Stephanie didn't show up this week as I far think, as I saw him. Wow. I think we're going to see... She wasn't there. I think we're going to see him hang out till Backlash. He's going to be yeah. around for the first six, eight weeks to really get that brand up and running. And then he'll disappear for a while. Which is fine. By that time, we might be ready to see him. Shane McMahon isn't doing anything that I'm particularly excited about right now. No, not at all. Not at all. um, Yeah, okay. Uh, Glenn's email, you know, I'll just even touch on it. He said, Eva Marie, great WWE master plan, a car crash waiting to happen. Uh, Great WWE master plan. I think it's a great WWE master plan leading to a car crash. But the car crash is part of the master plan. That's probably a great way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, 
right now, we're nine or ten days away from SummerSlam weekend. Uh, does Bray Wyatt wrestle? Who is American Alpha currently wrestling? No one? I'm assuming it's going to be some sort of multi-team tag match. Because well, like you that said, would that might s- be being held out to backlash. And if so, I guess I could see Wyatt and Rowan. So you don't think he's going to be in the main event? They're I not going to. not. Okay, let me ask you this question then, because I did miss SmackDown. Did Bray Wyatt look hampered by the ankle injury he may have sustained two weeks ago? Or last week, rather. And, and if you can't answer that, answer me this. Did Eric Rowan do the majority of the work in the main event tag match? Yes. I don't know. Okay. I honestly don't remember. Because that's I didn't, usually... Nothing looked out of place to me. Okay. Well, good. That's a, that's a positive sign. Because usually if a guy is injured and he's in a tag match, he's on the apron for a good yeah, portion of Yeah, and he might have... But I kind of feel like which, he usually is. Well, which is part of which is part of the character is you let your monsters do the work, right? So um, I, I didn't really notice a big discrepancy. I, if I don't case. love American Alpha versus Bray and Rowan. I don't think it does anything for Bray Wyatt. I don't think it does anything for American Alpha unless they win. Uh, having said Bray that, Bray Wyatt though, has never been part of any program that has done anything for him ever, though. I would say the la- if he gets inserted into this main event match, which I still think he belongs there, uh, I would say so. And again, I'm maybe- okay with him not being in there, if only because he's next in line. Well, and and that's fine if he is a presence in the match, even if he's not an active participant. You know, if the match is two minutes old and all of a sudden the lights go out and he's sitting in a rocking chair just watching, I'm okay with that. Because that's still him being part of the main event scene, even if he's not necessarily in a main event match. Does Bray Wyatt still have a rocking chair? I'm assuming he went to, you know, a garden center and bought one. <laughs> Last time we saw it, it was destroyed, right? And that would be... A, he hasn't done right. it yet. I would pay serious amounts of money to watch a backstage segment or an on-location vignette where Bray and Eric Rowan are at a garden center discussing the merits of which chair to purchase. Uh, You know, Luke Harper, that's where he's been, actually. He's been scouring America looking for an exact replica of the destroyed rocking chair. That would be fantastic. That would be so hilarious. Luke Harper's summer road trip. (laughs) Um, let's see. Anything else from... I have one more note on SmackDown. Are are you okay with the super kick being a finishing move again? Yeah. Fine. Okay. Uh, I have a couple... Uh, one more thing about SmackDown, I guess. Uh, to, be... to, answer, to answer the question you should have asked back, are you? Um, yes, as long as no one else uses it. If the Usos continue to use it every three and a half seconds, I'm no longer a fan of it. Oh, well, they just do it wrong. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Their their kicks aren't super. They're just decent. The decent kicks. Yeah, they're adequate kicks, but I wouldn't call them super or anything. All right. Yeah. Um, so here's a question for you. How good is Dean Ambrose? In what way? As being the face of SmackDown. 
And I, you didn't watch, so this maybe isn't a fair question to ask you. But he came out and he gave a promo at the beginning of the show. And once again, that dude was just on freaking point. Like, I am just, I'm totally enamored with this incarnation of Dean Ambrose. He's doing exactly what he needs to be doing. Excellent. And now, here's the thing. This is maybe where this goes back into something you can talk about. I just asked you, you know, how freaking great is Dean Ambrose? And I didn't get the chance to answer. How freaking not great was Dean Ambrose on the Stone Cold Podcast? See, if you had let me actually answer the question, we would have had a more natural transition into that topic. Because when you said, how freaking great is Dean Ambrose? My gut response is, not that great. Because I didn't see SmackDown. So the only thing I'm going on is his performance, what little I saw of it, on the Stone Cold Podcast, which was terrible. And if I'm I'm WWE, and I watch that, and I go, this is one of the faces of my company, and this is how he's going to present himself in a public forum, I'm looking at, all right, who's the next guy to take this belt? Who's going to do a better job for us than this? I made you so upset you smashed down your microphone. I might have to take that out. That might kill some ears. Um, But no, so I saw a common consensus on Twitter was that he did a terrible job on this podcast. My question was sort of leading because I knew you were one of those people. Um, What was so bad about his performance on the podcast? I watched it, man. I did. I thought it was fine. Um... It seemed as if he was being, and again, maybe I'm wrong, um, but it seemed as if he was being, uh, he was deflecting questions. Uh, he was not when? not About providing. What? It seemed like I got into it with a someone who apparently runs, quote unquote, his website, though that is a hilarious idea. Um, but, um, you know, they asked, Steve Austin seemed to want to get to know the man, not the, he wanted to know the performer, not the character. And Dean Ambrose seemed resistant to that effect to the point where, why would the company be upset about that? Wouldn't the company want him to stick to his character? I would think they would want him to be a more, you know, WWE wants John Cena. When they're talking about the face of their company, they're looking for a guy like John Cena who can go on to the Today Show and hold court and not put people off. And then you have him show up on this interview and, you know, be resistant to the point where you're actually frustrating the interviewer. And I give fault to both sides. I'm not saying Austin's the best interviewer ever, but it seems to me that it was awkward when it didn't need to be. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I guess I sort and, of and disagree. I will, I will give you watched it. I didn't. So I will, oh, did. I oh, did not. Right. I watched the first few minutes. I watched clips that people were sending me, but that's like, it. So if you say wrong, he was, Dean Ambrose was in a very odd state of mind. I'll give you that. He seemed super relaxed to be charitable, but I didn't really feel like he was 
obstructing the interviewer. Okay. There were a couple of topics about his childhood that he didn't really answer directly, but he didn't really deflect them. He just said what he had to say succinctly, and then he got the topic back onto wrestling. All right. Which well, and, and again, I will I will bow to your opi- your informed opinion since I am not fully informed. I will go with that. And perhaps it was just Austin was trying to push an issue that Ambrose was trying, you but know. See, and even that, though, like, as I saw that on Twitter, people kept saying he was pushing an issue, pushing an issue. Not not just you, but other people, a lot of people said that. And I, like, watching it, like, I didn't feel like Austin spent an inordinate amount of time on that issue. I felt like he asked the question, Dean gave his response whatever it was, and Austin moved on. Okay. Like, I didn't, I never really felt like there was a conflict. Good. Um, and again, I, I know that I'm in the minority, apparently, from what I was reading, but I just, I was very puzzled by that response because I just didn't see it. All right. Well, then let's move away from that for a minute and go back to SmackDown. So you believe that Ambrose is doing, went on WWE television in terms of SmackDown. He is yeah, and that's that said on the podcast. I did think his the way that he was conversing with Austin was a little odd, relaxed. Something about it, he was not on point for sure. Was and he what, hanging but, out with Rob Van Dam backstage? Is that what you're implying? There's a good possibility. Okay, yeah. Um, but beyond, but but yeah, then you you come from watching as I did. I watched that podcast on Tuesday. And then I switched over to SmackDown, and the star of the show, this guy comes out who was just crisp, clear, on point. And it's just like, well, that's not the same guy. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to you. have talked me into it. I might, either tonight or tomorrow, I might have to charge up my PlayStation View and catch up on my Raw and my SmackDown and my TNA so I can be fully informed. Did you watch NXT? Yes. Yes, I did. Explain to me, we talked earlier about the fact that some of these gimmicks in NXT are less than they could be. What in the world is Andrade Cien Almas? Who is he? And what that guy. And what am He's I? That guy. That's all he is. And what am I supposed to get out of this? I'm hoping. That I don't understand CN at all. People online, I keep seeing you're going to be a Suicide Squad apologist. I keep seeing these CN almost apologists. Sorry, who are just like and, and and not just them, but also the the commentary on NXT. It's just completely. It's there's this complete discord. I'm not all they ever say on commentary. If you listen to him, is look how fluid he is. Look at how he moves. Look how everything just flows and fluid. Look how fluid and fluid. That I swear to God, they said that over and over again. Look how fluid he is. I don't see it at all. Like I'm not even. I know you were maybe asking me also about his character first, but I'm just talking about the dude's performance in the ring. Like I'm not seeing anything special. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't understand what these people are talking about. And I think that part at least will be changed at Brooklyn because Bobby Roode versus Almas is going to be a good match. I have yeah. to believe. 
But if you I think it's a really weird choice for Bobby If you Roode. just made your debut, like Cian Almas was the big debut of the last Brooklyn show. Sure. You just made your debut, and now you're the fodder for the next guy who's making their debut. Isn't that a big warning sign? I, the, uh, here's a question for you because I don't. I honestly don't know the answer. I'm not trying uh, to be racist or whatever. Uh, does he speak English? I would assume he has at least a r- relative working handle. Because you know who doesn't have a working handle on English? We can talk about this more later if you want. I would like to, if not now. Asuka. Asuka does not understand a word of English. It was obvious in the segment between her and Bailey last night. Bailey was talking, and Asuka did not hear any of the words that Bailey said. Her face was blank. There was no recognition of anything. Anything Bailey was saying. Anything. Yeah. Um, that caught me by surprise a little bit with Asuka. And when I saw that, I said, oh man, she needs to stay in NXT for a while. Um, and now back, shifting back to CN, maybe we'll talk more about Asuka later, but CN, I, I just, I don't. Did he talk? At all in response to Bobby Roode? I night? believe he smiled and nodded and rubbed his hands together gleefully, and I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm very confused by what they're there doing. There are a lot him. of people online who are talking about him and saying how good La Sombra was, and that's great that he had an excellent pre-WWE career. And I'm sure he is a very capable wrestler who will put on a good match with Bobby Roode. I don't care about that right now. He's got the Finn Balor problem, except none of the positives that came with the Finn Balor problem. He's a guy in a hat and suspenders who poses in the ropes. Yep. There is nothing, you know, there is nothing about him that I get. I still don't know anything about Apollo Crews, except he's talented enough to potentially be the Intercontinental Champion in 10 days. But I still don't know anything about him. He's just a he guy. He's smiling. a guy. Neville, He's happy to be here. <laughs> Neville might be the cruiserweight champion. He's just a guy. He's a guy whom Gravity forgot. <laughs> but I, they haven't interviewed Gravity to talk about it. You no, know. but they did have uh, Bubba Ray come out and call him Mighty Mouse this week. I thought that was classic. The only reason for them to team up is for Sin Cara to turn on him and them to feud as the kind of unofficial start of the Cruiserweight division. It's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. And Sin Cara was wearing all black, so, you know. That's what I'm saying. He's Sin Cara Dark. He's been doing it for, he's been teasing it for a couple of weeks now. Eventually, you know, it's going to happen. I don't know when. But, um... I have to imagine you're right. I can't. I don't know what the heck else they're doing. They're getting ready because eventually, when some of these cruiserweights uh, get to WWE, and we can talk about how that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I, and I just I started looking at the gimmicks that are there. Liv Morgan, who I am now going to call Carmella Light, talented. Hey, hey, hey. 
She's a Jersey girl. Carmella is from Stanton Island. Staten Island. Stanton. There's no such thing as Stanton Island. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's completely different. Completely different. They're not no. even close to being the same thing. No. They happen to be from different places, but the gimmick is exactly the no, same. No, they're not. It's not the same. It's not even the same. It's not the same at all, DC. No way, Jose. You know, dance, I dance. dancing guy, but now he's serious. Mojo Raleigh, he's the hyped guy. I will tell you, he's though. He's on SmackDown now. But I will tell you, I liked that he dropped the hype in anticipation of this match with Samoa Joe. I found myself becoming much more interested in what he had to say once he stopped doing that. Uh, even the authors of Pain, what's the point of Paul Ellering? He shops at the same outlet as the Sinister Minister. I tweeted that out. I, I said, too. when did we make him James Vandenberg all of a sudden? Yeah. Uh, you know, the authors of Pain, I, they're talented. And apparently they're going to fight TM61 because they're the only two tag teams left in the division. Who are also just a couple of guys. Yeah. And then you've got Ember Moon, who... It, it's intriguing, but... It looks like she is the female Finn Balor. It looks like she got lost on the way to the Lucha Underground Temple. Yeah. And NXT has yet to tell her that she's in the wrong place. And then we come to Austin Aries who is the greatest man who ever lived, but apparently now just sells produce. Oh, that's the funniest thing in the world. I like it. I love it. that he always has produce. I like it's it. It's brilliant. I, I'm hoping when he walks to the ring for his match with No Hey Way Jose, I want him to be holding a pineapple. Yes. And I want him, that- to, I want him to win by hitting the No Way Jose in the head with a pineapple. I'd be fine with it. The one thing that I think is strange, the most strange about Austin Aries is now that Bobby Roode is here, he just looks like a deflated Bobby Roode. I I think the problem that NXT is going to run into is that you have all of these new talents coming, and there's more. You know, uh, this guy Tommy End is supposedly going to show up. Eventually you're going to have some of these cruiserweights there for a while. You can't fit them all in and, ha- well, you know. in all fairness, um, what's wrong with just letting them be the wrestling show where people don't have strong characters? I'd be fine with that, except going back to my nemesis of late, Andrade. Why are you putting him in a hat and suspenders? Just let him come out in his tights. If because he- if he didn't have a hat and suspenders, you wouldn't even know who he was at all. I don't know who Austin Aries is. He's the dude in a suit with sunglasses. And he's carrying a banana. <laughs> I don't know what's so hard about this, so CC. And- so Andrade is the guy with the hat and the suspenders. Yeah. Austin Aries is the suit and the banana. Bobby Roode, who, who I should point out, should never use another adjective except for the word glorious. Agreed. He met with William Regal, and he's like, this is going to be great. And I, th- I wanted to throw something at the TV <laughs> and be like, you do not use the word great. Glorious. Um, and, you know, I, I'm just... And explain this to me, because you were paying attention more than I was. What was Bailey doing? I, she, I don't know, but in what regard? She Last week, 
we talked about the fact that Asuka seemed to be playing kind of the heel role. Yep. I didn't get that this week. I got that Bailey is playing a little bit of the heel role. Well, I mean, I can understand Bailey's reaction given the way that Asuka treated her last week. Like, I could get her coming to the ring and being all business, none of this, you know, nicety stuff. But at the same time, there was a moment that didn't make any sense in that match in that or in that segment, and that was when Asuka extended her hand for the handshake, and Bailey said, no way. And then she said, like, remember what happened the last time there was a contract signing? You ended up laid out in the ring. I assume she was talking about Asuka getting beat up by Nia Jax. Yeah. I didn't understand that part at all. That part made Bailey come off like... Yeah, like she was crazy. She or something. came off like she didn't know what she was doing. Yeah, you know, and I and I get the visual difference between the way Bailey dressed and the way Oscar dressed. Like I get that they're trying to tell a story where Bailey's just the regular girl and Oscar's a superstar. But I I am so confused by this storyline. I'm you yeah. know I'm excited for the match. But I don't know what in the world they're trying to get me to take out of it. I mean, the one thing I took away from that segment last night was Bailey can't carry a promo segment. At least not a serious one like that. She came off so amateurish on that mic last night. I was like, oh, this is why she's not on the main roster. And it's just because it goes back to exactly what you were just saying. She was confused. She didn't know what she was saying. She couldn't come across. She didn't make, you know, a united front in any way. It was confused. It was rambling. It was, it was not any way to present yourself as a face of a division. Yeah. NXT has some serious question marks right now. I'm enjoying it, and Brooklyn's going to be very good, but I. I, and let's answer the biggest question of all. All right. Biggest question mark I have, maybe for the entire week. When is Samoa Joe going to get his nose back? I know, right? Because you got to breathe. You know. Shinsuke I lo- that was so funny. Is, is a genius. It, and it was, and Joe, to his credit, played his role like as just the apoplectic madman who is being driven crazy. Shinsuke Nakamura was, is the roadrunner and yeah. Samoa Joe is Wiley e. Coyote. It was I will be disappointed if Samoa Joe doesn't come to the ring at Brooklyn with a giant car- box labeled Acme <laughs> and has some sort I of trick. You. I hear you. All right. Uh, we've got two more emails to get through and then we'll share our positivity and head off into that good night this one comes in from our bestie Nate hi again good friends I've only got a few questions for you guys to ponder this week as I prepare to go back to school for a minute I thought he was going to say as he goes back to the future that I was going to be really excited number one Since Roman Reigns is now doing something that isn't evolving the main event, do you think more fans will start to appreciate 
and like him. As we talked about earlier on this show, the pressure is off. And, I mean, I, for one, I liked what I saw I last believe night. everyone has. Monday. Unless you are so done with Roman Reigns. Because even you. I thought I was. You. Two or three weeks ago, we're done with Roman Reigns. Now you're being brought back in. They're doing, they're handling this very nicely, and a lot of credit goes to him himself for kind of being more relaxed. Question two: Do you think Apollo Cruz is ready for a championship, or do you see the Intercontinental Title match turning into a fatal four-way between Apollo Miz, Corbin, and Kalisto? For a minute there, Apollo Miz. Sounded like it could be a single person. Apollo. And I got really, got really, really confused with that image that popped into my head. Uh, I don't think we're going to see a fatal four-way. I think Corbin and Kalisto is the pre-show match. Uh, I do think Apollo Crews is ready, but again, take five minutes of your two-hour show and tell me something about Apollo Crews except, as you put it, that he's happy to be here. That's exactly what they've told us about him. That is his entire character. He is very happy to be here. And what more do you really need to know? You know, if, if we need to have him do Intercontinental Title Open Challenges, whatever. Do something with him that tells me something other... The, the only thing I know about him is that he smiles a lot and that he should go back to Ring of Honor. Those are the only <laughs> two things I know. Right. Agreed. Three. Which series are you more excited for? Luke Cage, Iron Fist, or Daredevil Season 3? What did you guys think of Daredevil Season 2? Your bestie, Nate. Um, I don't know who Luke Cage is. I've never read an Iron Fist comic. And I haven't watched Daredevil Season 2, so I'm not necessarily hyped for Season 3 just yet. I have not finished Daredevil Season 2. In fact, I only ever saw the first episode, and I'll have to I saw, like, watch it. the first three, maybe? And it did not grab me. Like, um, it did not. I am very excited for Luke Cage. He played a part in Jessica Jones, and I enjoyed it, and the preview looked... Didn't watch it. ...excellent. And uh, I am also excited for Iron Fist, so... Well, Lottie freaking da, then. I would say I'm more excited for Luke Cage because they've at least told me the Luke Cage story. I still don't know where they're going to go with Iron Fist. I'm more excited for Stranger Things, which I still haven't watched. No idea what that is. I've seen it on Netflix, but I have no idea what it is. All right. Our final email comes to us from Mitchell Monroe. And this is a little bit of, you know, he's tooting our horn. So we want to always share. We always want to share our tooting with the world. Horn toots. I love horn toots. Uh, this one comes in from Mitchell Monroe. I just want to say that after listening for a month or two now, that I'm increasingly becoming a fan. You guys offer insight that can sometimes deviate from some sheeps on the internet who follow the tide. You're mixing your metaphors. I was going to say, sheep don't follow tides. But remain smart and informed with your opinions. Even though I don't always agree... <coughs> Doc and Rollins, <clears throat> I can always respect the outlook. Past that, I really enjoy the way you play off each other and show a charismatic side without sounding overly radio, so there's still a personal aspect. I'd leave an iTunes rating, but I'm a Google fanboy. Get on play, keep up the good work. Are we not on Google Play? That is a great question. 
I thought we were. All right. Well, while Doc does that, uh, let's thank Mitchell for the email. Uh, I do think uh, we do deviate from the norm a bit, and, uh, you know, it may come across bad in some ways, uh, as in uh, Doc Manson calling Sasha Banks an idiot a couple of times. (laughs) But um, I, I appreciate it. I'm glad you take the time, and hopefully you tell two people, take two minutes and tell two people uh, that you're a fan of the show. And, you know, it's because we can only grow with your support. So, ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Go ahead to prowrestlingtees.com slash newageinsiders, and you can check out merchandise. The entire NAI network has merchandise now. Uh, Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company is on there. Rant with Ants on there. If you are heading to SummerSlam next weekend. Be sure to stop by McMahon's right across the street from the Barclays Center sometime in the afternoon of uh, SummerSlam. And Mitchell. Me- what? Mitchell. That's his name, right? Mitchell? Ah, yes. Are we on Google we Play? We are totally on Google Play. We're on the play. So, uh, If you just go to the Google Play website and you search for us, we don't go up. But if you go to play.google.com forward slash music and search from there... Um, apparently you can't get to podcasts from their main Google Play page. But if well, you go that's to weird. Forward slash music. Well, actually, podcasts for years weren't part of Google Play. They only recently, um, they actually only recently allowed access to podcasts through Google Play, like within the last couple of months. So it was actually I was really excited to put us on there as soon as I possibly could. So I was surprised to hear that we weren't there so maybe they're still working out their search for podcasts on their end because again historically they have not supported podcasts can you give Uh, us the website one more time well play.google.com forward slash music and if you search from there you can just search for ddt wrestling and we come up all right well there you go um but yes head to mcmahon's uh across the street from the barclay center uh, sometime in the afternoon of SummerSlam. I wonder if you can find us from the Google Play app. I'm trying to shill here, Doc. You're cramping well, I'm my to shill shilling for style. Us. Well, I'm trying to shill for other people, and then I will shill for us. Um, okay, but yes, you can meet the New Age Insiders. Ant and Matt from McCool and Company are doing the pre-show, New Age Insiders. We will try to get ourselves uh, part of the show in some way, depending on the technology situation, if they can take phone calls we will call in and be a part of the show i have mentioned to the gang that they could if they chose to drive pretty much directly in between where doc lives and where i live there are numerous eating establishments where we could meet them for they're not going to do that i i don't think they are sadly they they want us to go to brooklyn and you can go if you want to but i'm all set so uh I'm scared of cities and highways, so that kind of takes oh, me Oh, come up. on. You'd and, be fine. And the Zappin, I'd be with you, Bubby. And the Zappin T Bridge. I'd be with you. The Zappin T Bridge scares me. So, uh, give me your piece of positivity heading uh, into your week. What's, what's on your mind? That's good. <laughs> what's on your mind that's good? Oh, um, I, uh. Come on. What do you got? Uh, well, besides the fact that Suicide Squad was a better movie than I thought no, it was. No, it wasn't. It was. I yeah. enjoyed it. I, I thought I'd go in and not enjoy it. It should have been two movies. 
There was definitely some choppiness, and it would have made a whole lot more sense if they had done it in two parts. One part to assemble the team, and one part to go on the mission that they chose to go on. Um, but other than that, the only problem I had, and I argued with our bestie Nate online about this, uh, there was... You cast one of the most recognizable actors in the world um, to play a role, so when you're watching Deadshot, you're just watching going, oh, look, Will Smith's doing some acting here. Huh, interesting. Yeah. I liked what he did. I liked the way they they told the story of the Deadshot character. It would have been better if they had cast someone lesser known. That's all I'm saying. Can I ask you a question? Because this was something that I saw in a couple of different reviews for that film, and I want to get your take on it. Um, once the team assembles... Do you ever really get the impression that they are a team of bad guys? No. That was one of the biggest complaints I heard, was there doesn't really seem to be much of a difference between them and any superhero team. They don't really seem to Uh, be dastardly other than the occasional smash a window, grab a necklace, ha ha, we're bad guys, wink wink. And that was it. No, and and part of that is that for some of the characters, not all of them, but for some of the characters, uh, they are trying to redeem themselves. The character of Diablo is trying to redeem himself. Deadshot, in his own way, is trying to redeem himself. Uh, And then you have a character like Killer Croc, who is less a bad guy and more just kind of wants to be left alone, since Mm -hmm. he's a crocodile man. Um, Right. Which leads... I would have preferred to have seen people who were not interested in redemption to some degree. Yes, which leaves you with Harley Quinn, uh, Captain Boomerang, and Slipknot. And, you know, they're bad-ish, but even, but even Captain Boomerang, when he, get, he, he is given the chance to disappear and chooses to come back with limited... And again, all comes down to they tried to fit too much into one movie. So... so, so- if I'm to understand the, the parlance of the DC cinematic universe, th- these are they're they're collecting meta humans, correct? That's no, what they call they're co- well. That is what Amanda Waller says that they are doing. But okay. the, the only because my question is, how are the Joker and Harley Quinn meta humans? They're not. The only meta humans are Killer Croc and Diablo. I was just even, curious because even Deadshot is just unless we're going with like how they did Bullseye in the Marvel universe, he his meta power is aim. He literally has super aim. Um, yeah, he doesn't have any powers. Captain Boomerang just throws boomerang, so he doesn't have any powers. Um, so I wasn't sure whether or not they were making these people into meta humans. No, somehow no. In, in in their own version of canon. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, I haven't seen it, so I'm just curious. The, the one thing I will say is I did enjoy... The one thing I will smith. I did enjoy the story they told with the Joker and Harley Quinn. A okay. different variation of those two characters and their relationship, and I personally liked it a lot. 
So yeah. it was. I found it better to watch than how they normally do that relationship. But would you say that Jared? It's Jared Leto who plays the Joker. Correct. Right? Would you say that his is a modern interpretation of Cesar Romero's Joker? I'm not super familiar with Cesar Romero's Joker, but. Again, they didn't give him a huge amount of time to delve into the character of the Joker. So, you know, he's fairly single-minded in this movie. Uh, Which, in and of itself, is a little odd. Um, But I'm hoping that they expand his character more in another movie somehow, because... He did a nice job. It, you know, I'm not wild about the visual way they presented him with all the tattoos and the teeth and all of that, but I enjoyed what I saw. Okay, fair enough. So, so is that your positivity for the week? I thought no, I'm gonna... I'm going to pick a wrestling positivity, and I will go with. Um, we are going to. It might not happen today, but at some point, you and I are going to sit down and watch the Cruiserweight Classic. And just have a really delightful time. Oh, yeah. Because it was a... Did you watch it already? No. Okay. I have not. It was a great hour. I'm looking forward to it. It was a great... I know great... the first match is Abushi um, versus Alexander. No, that is the second match. Oh. Well, regardless, I know that's a match. The first match involves um, one of your favorites. Lince Dorado? <laughs> no. Uh, the first match will feature uh, Tajirai. Tajirai! And then we will see Ibushi versus Alexander. And then that's it. Two matches. Oh. So that's how they're going to get to ten weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. All right. Uh, but that'll be my uh, positivity. Uh, I'm... I'm on the fence. The one big thing we didn't talk about, and I just want to gloss over it here. Um, ESPN, which you are unfamiliar with, it's a sports company. They have a channel. They have a website. They now have a I'm not familiar with the term sports without entertainment and rapid succession. They now have a WWE section of their page. Did they report on Ring of Honor? Which, No. Which I believe also includes, let me see if I can get there, um, which includes like bios on the wrestlers. Interestingly enough, I don't know how this is going to work. Bios on the wrestling perform? Like the athlete or the character? Well, let's see. Wrestler profiles. And then let me go ahead here and click on, I'll even click on Jack Swagger. We'll give him some love. And let's see what it says. Jack Swagger. It basically just has, for now, basic information. Date of birth. Hold on. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Date of birth, accolades, where he's from, you know, catchphrase, uh, and then other notes. So, you know, they're talking about their actual athletic accomplishments. So, Okay. Um, Interesting take. So, you know, I, I don't know what it means necessarily. It, ha- it just happened today, but it is uh, intriguing, I suppose. What they don't say is they don't say that, you know, Jack Swagger is not his name. 
Like they don't right. give you his real name, so they are staying. Hmm. They're staying fairly kayfabe. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it is interesting that a sports website is now including sports entertainment. Before I get to my moment of positivity and we get the heck out of here, I just want to comment on the fact that we didn't talk at all about Brock Lesnar or Randy Orton. That's interesting, isn't it? Given that that no, really it's is not. one of the hit- well, given no, that it's, it's one of the not, headlining matches of SummerSlam. But no, it's not interesting, which is why we didn't talk about it. Yeah, fair enough. Bada bang. All right, so um, my moment of positivity from this week comes from SmackDown. And I just, I got to tell you, DC, I really want to be one of Heath Slater's 17 children. <laughs> didn't he buy a pool, too? Oh, yeah, there was a pool. There was a pool, and there was 36 children, and maybe... Do you uh, think this goes? Car. Do you think this goes anywhere? Uh, I like eventually does. he's you know I know he's going to do some indie work, so I suppose that it's going to take a while, um, but I hope so. Are they really going to let Heath Slater do do the program that they should have had CM Punk do? Are you going to watch? Are you going to watch CM Punk's fight this weekend? Did you even know it's happening? He's supposed to fight <laughs> no. this weekend. I did not. In case you're bored on Saturday. No, I. I do I have to pay to watch it? Probably. Then no. Unless I you go to no a, a drinking establishment, they might have. I'm not even going to be one of those people who's like, ah, he's gonna lose. I don't care if he wins or lose. I I I I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I I don't care about Phil Brooks. Are you going to read April Brooks' book? A what? AJ Lee, otherwise known as April Brooks. Is uh, uh, writing a book? No, I don't. I don't care about her either. Yeah, I don't understand the the wild AJ love. She was barely around for a couple of years. I, I don't really. I don't know. I don't know. All right, there, ladies and jelly spoons. We are He's DDT later. Wrestling. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. ProWrestlingTees.com slash New Age Insiders. DDTWrestling at gmail.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes. It has been way too long. In fact, uh, let's see. What will I do if, uh, if you go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes? DC will go to Brooklyn. No. <laughs> um... But I will uh, adopt one of Heath Slater's one hundred sixteen children. I will. I will sponsor one of Heath Slater's children. How about there that? You go. There's your incentive. Uh, anything else we, you would like to say before we head out into that good night, there, sir? I am good, DC. All right, my friends. He's Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I'm DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Until we meet again, we will see you around the neighborhood. Glorious.